Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. If you weren't with us in the last segment of the show, this is the Indiana State University fight song. If you were with us, you could probably put two and two together. When I tell you that Josh Schertz is about to join the program, Mr. Cook, I want to make sure I give the proper sponsor attribution. Do we have a guest line attribution? We don't. It's like a Sesame Street. It's like brought to you by a certain letter. The letters I, S, and U are sponsoring the guest line today. Josh Schertz, I hope he's in an okay mood. I understand if he wouldn't be after a tough loss in Nashville last night, but still kind enough to join us here. Coach, it's Greg Rakestraw. How you doing this afternoon? Hey, Greg. Appreciate you having me on. I, I, obviously, this was uh, – I hoped it was going to be a W that you had had last night. I know you felt you know, that one kind of got away from you. What do you learn from that one and apply to Missouri State, Arch Madness, and, and whatever else comes after that? Well, we've had some, you know, it was it was obviously a, a you know brutal loss. Um, you know, those are those are gut punches. Um, we were up 17 at half. I think, you know, we had to come in, played a really good team in Belmont, you know, on the road where they'd lost, I think, once at home all year, uh, their senior night. And we're without our best player, you know, Cam Henry had to miss the game in concussion protocol and um, played about as well as he could the first half, got up 17, and then credit Belmont. You know, it's a game of runs. We knew they were going to respond. They came out, and I thought were terrific in the second half. We weren't quite as good. We got it back to uh, an 11-point game with about five and a half to go. And, you know, down the stretch, um, I thought, you know, offensively we kind of played. There's a big difference in – playing to win and playing not to lose and I thought you know down the stretch offensively we played not to lose and on the defensive end uh, I thought you know some some missed box outs some fouls and we got called for a, a really tough foul uh, up one with about two seconds left with a guy uh, 20 feet from the basket with his back to the basket and um, you know uh, but we put ourselves in that position and um, we got to learn from it. Um, you know, the, the way we've lost this year, uh, we've, we've lost now 10 times. And, you know, our last, our last, you know, we've had a number of these where it's come down the final, you know, five seconds and, and had to make a play and just haven't been able to. And so, um, you know, the, we've been resilient. We've shown that. We picked ourselves back off the map, but we got to be, uh, we got to be cleaner and tighter and more together uh, in those closing stretches to get over the hump. If I had told you before the season started, you would at minimum have 20 wins what will your response have been well i think you know look 20 wins in in college basketball uh you know the way the the amount of games we have it means you had a great season uh whatever happens from there but it's like i I told the guys um you know you can't have a special season unless you perform when it matters most and uh you know that's that's you know for us the postseason and um you know for every team really in every sport and so um i would say you know look that means we had a great year and uh, but but you know you always wanna you know you always want more and um, you gotta as long as you have you know games in front of you and you got time to play uh, you gotta be locked in and your best moments are ahead of you not behind you and I think I really believe with this group our best moments are in front of us um, you know we we got a really good basketball team we we've lost some tough games but you know twenty and ten dealt a lot of adversity um, and uh, and we still like I said got a home game Missouri State St Louis and then. 
you know, obviously postseason of some sort. But, uh, but you know, we wanted to be in the big dance, of course. When you have the success at Lincoln Memorial that you did for as long as you did, do you ever get to a point where you thought, I'm not sure I'm going to get a, a Division One offer? I guess just go back a couple of years, if, if you don't mind, for me. And, and just, I, I think more guys like you are now getting a shot at the Division One level. But was that kind of tough to take, you know, for a little while? Well, yeah, I think, you know, it was kind of twofold. There was obviously, um, you know, I don't want to make it like uh, people were beating down my door because that would be a complete lie. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I had, I had a few chances to go Division One as a head coach, and, and I didn't do them. And uh, I really, you know, the, the last one that I turned down, I kind of, my wife and I talked about it, I was like, you know, I, I'm probably, you know, this is probably, I'm probably going to finish my career at Lincoln Memorial. And, and, you know, I was I was really happy. Um, you know, I was in a great situation. I was at a place where, you know, basketball was was a huge priority. The school was incredibly supported. Uh, I was empowered every day. Uh, I made, you know, great money at that level, really very similar to what I'm making financially at Indiana State. Um, and, and I had a, a, what equated to a lifetime contract. So it wasn't going to be – I wasn't going to leave for just anything. I had kind of – when I took over Lincoln Memorial, we were coming off seven straight 20-loss seasons. Mm. Um, we had never been in the NCAA tournament. We had never, um, you know, never nationally ranked, all that stuff. So it was kind of like uh, you pour your heart and soul into something. And I'll say this, walking in there and, and telling those guys I was leaving uh, was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But certainly, um, you know, the jobs that I would have left for or, or considered leaving for, I wasn't getting that opportunity. And that's Ultimately, um, you know, the, the oppor- at the end of the day, it was the opportunity to come to Missouri Valley. That was probably the biggest reason that I wound up, uh, you know, leaving LMU. It was the opportunity to coach in this league, a league that I had incredible respect for and was, a, to me, a, a, you know, a, a rare jump for a guy from the Division II level to go to a conference like the Missouri Valley. Well, it's not just you making the jump because a good number of your guys have spent time playing at the Division II level. Now you got a couple of Truman kids on the team. I know I can get a Tuscan kid on the team. And obviously, Gavassier McCauley, and literally as I'm sitting on Monument Circle, if I like crane my neck the right way, I can like see Manuel High School from here where he played locally right. before he then played for a couple of years at, at LMU for you. I guess just now kind of the process of how you have put this team together and a lot of them from Division II backgrounds – to be so successful in the valley so quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I when I when I came up, you know, we we uh, I inherited a situation, and obviously, uh, you know, I, I replaced a guy that had been you know very successful uh, in Greg Lansing, and yep. um, and and when I when I got here, um, you know, it was obviously I I was coaching. We went all the way to the Final Four, so when I got to Indiana State, it was April, and when you have a coaching change that's going to be difficult on everybody. And it doesn't matter if the guy was unsuccessful, successful, but, you know, obviously Coach Lansing, very successful. Um, he leaves, and, and, and there's when I got here, there was two players on the roster, and that was uh, Julian Larry and Nick Hittle. And then we had a bunch of guys in the portal, and we had a couple guys in Jake LaRavia, Trey Williams, who had already committed other places. Um, and that was their right. I mean, you know, there's a coaching change. That's just natural um, to have happen. And, um, and so uh, we were kind of – piecing the roster together from scratch it was still COVID restrictions so we couldn't go recruiting uh nobody could visit us we couldn't go anywhere everything was done virtually and online and i felt like um with at least the lmu guys i knew what i was getting right 
And I also felt like they understood our style of play, which is pretty unique for college basketball. And they understood the culture we wanted to build. I mean, obviously, you can't transpose culture. You know, we're building culture at Indiana State. That doesn't mean they didn't have a good culture before. It's just different. So you're starting from scratch. So we're building that culture, the culture I want at ISU as we go. But they would help bring some of that LMU culture to Indiana State. Um, and, and it's obviously worked out. I mean, I didn't know how um, effective it would be level to level because I didn't have a great gauge of the Missouri Valley. you got to go through it and, and feel it to, to, to know. But after my first year, I really felt like it had to be the right players, like the right Division two players could make a jump to Indiana State and be successful. And then I also felt like going through it the same way at, at LMU. I was in a very small town of 4,000 people in kind of a remote rural area. Um, Indiana State's going to be a place you're going to win uh, with low maintenance schedule. We can't do it the way some of the schools in the Valley do and get a bunch of, you know, power five transfers and, and load up like that. Um, you've got to do it with guys that fit your culture. And, and it's a place, I mean, I'm a pretty low maintenance coach and, and you're going to need low maintenance players that are going to really appreciate and thrive in that kind of uh, environment. Made a reference to the local kid in Cavassier, McCauley, he being your leading scorer. Another local kid, one of your top players in Cooper Neeson. And again, in this unique time we live in with transfer rules, more liberal redshirt rules, and the COVID-free pass year, let's face it, there are some old dudes playing college basketball right now. Cooper is, is in his sixth year after being at Cloverdale and is still getting it done for you. What has he meant to your team this year, Coach? Uh, he's been he's been incredible. You know, Coop is. Um, you know, I, he came in and and uh, he could have left after last year. You know, he averaged fifteen one year of eligibility. He graduated, um, so he could have obviously transferred up and gone pretty much not wherever he wanted, but certainly gone uh, up levels and played a Power Five for his last year. And uh, his whole thing was, man, I want to come back. I want to. You know, I've done a lot in the state. You know, the one thing I haven't done is you know, compete and, and win a Missouri Valley championship, play in the postseason, you know what I mean? Win 20 games. I want to do these things. And and I always think there's, you know, in sports, there's three kinds of guys. You know, there's guys who, you know, really don't care about winning. They just care about stats. There's guys who want to win, but they want to get theirs while you win, but they do care about winning. And there's guys who just care about winning, and that's all they're worried about. And Coop, as, as my time with him, you know, all he cares about is winning because I taught him about, hey, we're going to have to, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to renovate this roster after that last year. You know, we lost 20 games last year, and, and we had to renovate it. I said, you know, you're going to have probably a lesser role. Um, you know, you're going to probably get less minutes, less shots. Less, and he was – he is, and he has lived up to everything he told me he was going to do. And I have so much respect for him. You know, he came back when I took the job, as we talked about, um, that transition was hard on a lot of players. He didn't have to, to believe in me or buy into that. And after we lost, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to win. I'm going to go to a Power Five and leave this behind. Uh, he was the first guy to recommit to coming back for uh, the 22-23 season. And he's been just a huge part of, of, of us having success. And he does a lot of things that don't necessarily show up in the box score but that are incredibly valuable for our basketball team and the success we've had at this point and moving forward. The Trees are one of four, or actually five, 21 teams in the Valley this year. They are 13-6. and six. They know they will be the three, four, or five seed when Arch Madness for them will tip off next Friday. Coach, thanks for the time after a tough one last night. Appreciate it. Good luck against Missouri State on Sunday and the rest of the way. 
Thanks for having me on, Greg. Appreciate it. I hope to talk to you again here at the end of the year. You got it, buddy. Again, Josh Schertz, head coach Indiana State. I had the pleasure of going over and doing an Indiana State basketball game Thanksgiving weekend. They are fun to watch. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is kind of like a Saturday morning tailgate show. It's just fight song after fight song. Jimmy clearly has landed on a theme. We have head coach of said institution on. We play their fight song to welcome it in. Michael Lewis, have you learned the words of the Ball State fight song yet? Yes, just don't ask me to sing it. (laughs) It is good to talk to you. I see your brother and your dad all the time. It is good to have you on the phone lines. I know how you're doing. You just beat the best team in the league, and you've won 20 games. Just your thoughts on where you stand here towards the tail end of season number one. Well, I think, uh, you know, obviously really proud of, of, you know, what these guys have achieved. I've appreciated their effort and their openness, you know, since, since our staff, uh, you know, walked in here uh, a little less than, you know, a year ago and, and they've, uh, it's been a a really fun and very rewarding journey uh, with these guys as they've learned how to win and learned how to handle success. And then now the the challenge is, is, um, you know, doing that, every day and the things that go along with that and, and uh, being a part of a winning program. So it's it's been a lot of fun to, to work with these guys, and, and uh, I hope we got a little bit more left in the tank. I see a lot of guys like Coleman, Sparks, Wyndham, Bumbleo. I know they have been long-term guys in your program. You didn't really – you kept, largely kept your group intact from the previous coaching staff, correct? Yeah, we had, you know, um, Bashir Jihad, Jalen Sellers, and Peyton Sparks were all in the transfer portal, um, you know, when we when we got here. And we were able to, to get those guys out of out of the transfer portal and continue to be a part of our program. We've added some pieces. Um, some other guys were were already here and and uh, those guys have really come together. And like I said, they've been they've been open to, to what we've been trying to do and, and trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, change is difficult uh, for anybody, especially young people that, that maybe not quite equipped to handle all those things and and uh they've been they've been great and that's that's why they're having the type of season that they're having that um you know really hasn't happened here in muncie in in a long time obviously you grew up with a basketball in your hand and played at such a high level you have been on a college bench i want to say for basically the last 15 to 20 years what's it been like to kind of slide that one seat over what's been the biggest adjustment for you well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of adjustments, I th- but I think, you know, the one thing I've, I've been around some, some really special people um, that I've been able to learn from and, and you learn, you know, right away that, that this isn't, this, this thing's not about you, you know, and, um, you know, the thing I like about uh, the staff that we have here is we've all, we've all had our own journey. We've all had our own experiences um, as players in college. Um, we all have a really high value of, of what our experience was and, and how we feel about it. And we want the guys that we're able to work with on a daily basis uh, feel the same way about their experience here at Ball State that, that we do about ours. And, you know, it's about using a game. Like, we're very fortunate we get to use a game to try to teach these guys some how to be successful in life and, and uh, try to give them a foundation to be um, successful when they leave here and, and in the, 
while we're doing that and try to win a few basketball games, and those guys have done exactly that. What has it been like for you and the family to move from Los Angeles to Muncie? Now, Muncie is kind of the Los Angeles of Delaware County. Uh, <laughs> how I, I, I know how, I know your mom and dad have moved up here. I know, obviously, Brian is, is not far away, too. So I know that's been great to be close to everybody in the family. That's still a culture shock for some folks. What's that been like? Well, it's, it's uh, you know, my... My kids, they we all spent three years out there, and you know they're they're younger, so they've they've bounced around. It, it's a little bit more comfortable for my wife to move uh, from LA to Muncie than it was taking her to LA. You know, sure. And, um, it was a fantastic experience. You know, I was in you know involved with the basketball on a daily basis. Um, you know, and, and an unbelievable experience at UCLA. Uh, my wife and daughters, they had to they had to live the daily life of um, you know getting to volleyball practices and getting to school and all the things that it, that it takes. And it's it's a little bit different to navigate Los Angeles than it is uh, Muncie. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the transition has been great. The community here has been uh, very open and, and welcoming and um, very, made, the, made the transition, you know, very seamless. Yeah, McGalliard times 50 uh, would be the way to describe that <laughs> in, in terms of uh, Los Angeles traffic. Um, th- this is the case with every team where there's guys that are 23, 24, 25, uh, just kind of the nature of, of the way life has been these last few years. Jaron Coleman's a kid that strikes me as he's been playing, you know, high school or college basketball for like the last 20 years. What, what, what has he meant to your team this year? Well, he's meant a ton. You know, I think he's, he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's a good player. He's got a very high basketball IQ. Um, you know, his, his leadership skills are growing. Um, you know, he's, he's a part of a winning team and learning how to do that and the responsibilities of being a part of that on a daily basis. And, you know, I've told him there's two guys in this program that can't have bad days and it's me and him, (laughs) you know, we can't, we can't have off days. And and so, you know, that's a challenge for, for anybody. I'm 45 and it's a challenge, let alone for somebody, you know, his age to to do it. Um, But you, you look at, you know, you're talking about, you know, teams being older, you look at our league, and you've got you've got Toledo, Kent State, Ball State, and Akron at the top of the league, and there's not one freshman that's making an impact on any one of those teams. And that's yeah. just that's just the you know the way college basketball is. And and um, you know so we we feel very fortunate that you know you know while we've added some pieces, uh, Boogie being one of them and older, um, you know I would still consider that we got four sophomores in in our top six. So um, you know I think we've got a pretty good mix. On the flip side now, and again, I, I, you know, last time you and I saw each other in person, as soon as you got the job, you were at the state finals like the next day uh, a year ago at, at the end of March and saying, hey, we're here, Ball State's here, let's go find some pieces. But at the same time, what you just talked about, you're not recruiting freshmen the way that you used to. So now, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, what does that look like for you? Just how drastically has that changed because of the portal, because of COVID, et cetera? Well, I think you got to have a good mix. You know, I I, I don't want to. You know, I think you got to have some some guys that are in your program that understand. Um, you know, where you, where you can you can build the relationship and the player development and those things, and then you know you can use the the portal for you know to, to plug holes. But um, you know, we got to be able to figure out the portal, and navigate it for what's best for Ball State, and, and try to put the best roster we possibly can out there, year in and year out. And um, you know, it's a, it's a tougher time for freshmen to come in and make an impact. And so you've got to be able to, you know, you've got to you. I believe you just in recruiting, you're you're as honest and transparent as you possibly can, so they understand what the expectations are. Um, you know, where, you know, hey, like this is, if you want to be a part of a winning program, um, you know, the, the, 
25, 30 minutes a game may not be there as a freshman. Um, but but you're going to be on a good team. Like, what do you really want to be a part of? What do you value? And I just I just think in recruiting, whether you're recruiting a transfer or a high school kid, you're just very open and honest with with what the expectations should be. One more individual to ask you about is Peyton Sparks, and and Peyton was part of this ridiculously deep high school class two years ago, where he's six nine and two forty, and seemingly didn't get a sniff of the all-star team because there were kids that played at major colleges that, that didn't get a sniff of that all-star team, but he, he is a difference. And because of, you know, the physical traits he's got, you know, he's got a chance to do things after the college level. What's the development you've seen from him in, in your first year with him? Well, he, he's on our all-star team. Of course. That's, that's really all that, you know, I, I kind of go the Matt Painter school on that one. <laughs> you know, he's, he's our five-star. Right. right? And, and, um, you know, he, he's, he's, First of all, he's an outstanding human being. He's exactly the type of kid that you want in your program. He's the type of individual that you want to, with his age, you being just a sophomore, you want to kind of build your program around. And, um, you know, he's he's everything you want, you know, from, from that standpoint. I think his overall development, you know, he's, he's shooting a higher field goal percentage this year. His free throw percentage is is a little bit lower, but that's, you know, he's, he's working through that. But, um, you know, he demands so much attention. Uh, from the other team they have to game plan for him and and our, the other guys on our team I don't think would be having the years that they're having if we didn't have Peyton Sparks and uh, his efficiency rate is up um, you know the things that he's doing to contribute to winning um, are much higher and and uh, he's a huge part of what we're trying to do here all right you got Eastern Michigan coming up on Saturday up in Ypsilanti uh, I heard that Bates kid is pretty good well, he he was the last time we played. He got thirty five on us, and there wasn't much we could do. And and um, you and know, he was hit, he's hitting some ridiculous shots. He's a talented kid. You know, he's a talented kid. They've got three really good perimeter players um, that are all capable of having nights like that. You just got to try to make them as inefficient as possible. And and um, you know, we just got to go up there and compete. It's a, it's the end of February. We're playing in meaningful games. Um, you know, we've we've beaten you know the three teams that are ahead of us in the rankings. I think we can go into Cleveland. Um, you know, excited about our opportunities and have a realistic shot at competing for a bid. And final thing before we let you go, and and you touched on this briefly, I just wanted to make sure I doubled back to it. You know, part of the reason why you were brought in uh, was obviously to A, win games, but B, bring back a buzz about Ball State basketball. What has the crowd and community response been like for your games at Worthen this year, knowing you got an awful big one coming up next Friday against the team that's currently in first place in the Rockets of Toledo? Well, it just it keeps growing, and that's that's been a pretty cool thing to to watch. You know, I think, you know, when we took this job, like we we took it to win basketball games here at Ball State, but we also, um, you know, want to make a much bigger impact. And there's a lot of really good things um, going on on this campus. Uh, we got outstanding faculty. We got unbelievable students that are doing some crazy good things. And you know, if our basketball program can create a little bit of buzz where people pay a little bit more attention uh, to our university, maybe that opens some doors for for everybody. And so that's been that's been a cool thing. You know, you start getting, you know, Indianapolis media up here paying attention. You get the crowds are growing, just a, a buzz really not only in this area but across the state about Ball State basketball, I think, can, can lead to much bigger things for our university. Did you see the suit that Brian had on on the pairing show on Sunday? I try, I try not to. He, <laughs> he, he still wants his wife dressing. Um, <laughs> she, we may need to work on that. He was wearing his Jasper suit. 
and it was predominantly gold slash. It was kind of a gold tan kind of mix with like the black shirt. So like, I mean, th- this was like Jasper made the state finals, and that's the suit that he would have been rocking. Well, he, you know, he got he got some bad jeans. He's got some. He is a little colorblind, so you got to help him out a little bit. Okay, I was going to talk about the hair because I can't make fun of you, he or Denny, because uh, I'm. Oh, hey. I'm Hey, we're just smart. This is easy upkeep, man. Easy upkeep. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley had a line about, you know, the war is over, time to send the soldiers home. I think about that every time I look in the mirror uh, at, at this go. point in time. Buddy, I'm, I'm happy that you're back home. I'm happy the family is closer together, and I'm happy you've been so successful in year number one. Thanks for the time today, and, and, and we'll look forward to seeing you in person again real soon. I appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. You got it. Michael Lewis. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. See, when you played a sport where they didn't play the fight song, you didn't have to teach the words. Like, football probably learned the fight song at some point in time, which means I assume Paul Casaro can sing this chapter in verse. Right, Coach? Uh, <laughs> no one wants to hear me sing. Oh, of course we do. You don't want to hear you sing. Paul Casaro joining us now on the unnamed guest hotline. Buddy, congratulations on a great run. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, and uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. All right, as I scroll down, uh, you have a dangerous two-step tonight and uh, Saturday as well at UMSL at Missouri S&T. But at 24-2, number four in the country, and more importantly, Number one in the region rankings. How are you feeling about your ball club right now? Love our team. Um, great kids. You know, obviously talented players, but just you know, awesome group of dudes to be around. My staff is is, is incredible, um, and I'm just blessed to be around good people. When when I saw your team play, it was Maryville on MLK night. What stunned me was is the amount of time your kids spent in the weight room. You got some big dudes on that team, Coach. Uh, yeah, well, credit goes to uh, Steve Barrick, our strength and conditioning coach. Uh, you know, I, I've been around a little bit at the Division One and Division Two level, and it's going to be hard to find anybody as good as, as Steve. He's about as good as it gets. And, um, you know, he's a active – as a big a part of our staff as, as me or any one of our assistants with what he does with our guys. And um, we lift like, a, lift like a football team shows and i'll be honest with you the reason that we decided to do that i remember two years ago um you know when i inherited this team and and we put them together um you know we went down to southern indiana and i had a bunch of freshmen and sophomores we were young at the time and i you know we we gave up like 20 o boards and lost by three and i'm like man we were we were boxing them out but we just couldn't move them you know they were too big and too strong so from that moment forward it's like all right we're gonna hit the weight room and when we get old and mature we're gonna be be doing the bullying the other thing that struck me, too, is that if you're going to put a uniform on, you're probably going to play in the game. Um, I think you played 11 the game that I was at, and as I am looking at your stats, that that's pretty common for you every game. How do you go – I mean, how do the guys handle knowing, hey, I might get five minutes here, I might not be back in the game for ten minutes. How does your group handle that? Well, you have to have a selfless group that only cares about winning, and you know they're, they're not they're not in it for themselves. They care about the success of each other and the success of the team. That's first and foremost, and you know that's you know that comes down to character and having high character individuals. But what it does is you know competition is a beautiful thing, and there's competition for minutes, and you know we have eleven really good ones, and 
they know they have to produce, and you know production will uh, get you on the court. We're gonna we're gonna get everybody in um, every single game. I believe in that, but what you get after that is earned. What you also have is hopefully guys that have stayed predominantly healthy. I'm like, literally have your stats pulled up in front of me. Jesse Bing is a bit different. We'll get to him. He's averaging 32 minutes a game. Josiah Tynes is averaging 27 and a half, and nobody is above 25. I know you've got nicks and bumps and cuts and injuries. I, I understand you're 26 games in. But because you play so many guys, do you think you kind of lessen that load on your team as that calendar about flips to March? Yeah, I do think it helps. Uh, I definitely do. And, uh, you know, you want to be playing your best ball when, when, when March comes around. And, you know, if you have wear and tear all over your body, then, you know, that's not going to be the case. So um, I agree with you. I think that's been good for us, and, and hopefully it can continue to be so. All right. You've got two young men from Warren Central that were a part of an undefeated state championship team five years ago. Jesse Bingham is your leading scorer. Jacoby Robinson, as he did in high school, gets you like five or six of everything because he can kind of play positionless basketball. Your thoughts on what that combination of players from Indianapolis do for your team? I mean, people who have seen us play know that, you know, they're, they're, they're both really good. <laughs> and uh, if you think with Jesse, you know, he's an assassin out there. He's going to go out and he's going to get buckets. He's going to guard the other team's best player. It's just, you know, he's coming at you on both ends. And then, you know, Jacoby, you know, like you said, he his versatility, I think he's the most versatile player in the league. He plays the one through the five on offense. He guards the one through the five on defense. And, you know, like you said, he can – he can he can fill up a stat line for sure because his length and uh, everything just poses so many problems. But the main thing with both these guys are they're winners and having guys that know what it takes to win and, and their 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 past success is you know um, you know pouring over into their college career and they're 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 doing it with us and uh, they've really taken a uh, a step in the right direction with leadership this year in terms of they've always done lead by example and done stuff the right way and worked hard but they're both two of our most vocal guys now so i'm really proud of them for that if you don't follow paul on twitter you should pretty simple at at coach corsaro c-o-r-s-a-r-o and if you have a student on campus at the university of indianapolis even though now the home games would have to be because of the regional round we'll talk more about that in a second uh you probably have gotten free stuff um you're a coach uh thursday nights saturday nights and when you when you practice with your team you're a twitter marketing wizard when you are not um do you mind sharing with our listeners some of the things you have rounded up to get people to go to nickerson hall to watch your team this year just some you know kind of crazy corny ideas all of the above but hey it's working so but you know we just um you know we have a good group and you know we want to we want to pack the stands and what we've done is you know i just want to get students there so uh started this thing kind of stole the idea from purdue with their paint crew and uh, came up with this thing called Casaro's Crew, and uh, you know we handed out you know 200, roughly 250 shirts to students that say, "Hey, I want to be a part of that," and it kind of incentivizes it. Like, so if you come to a game and you have a T-shirt on, you know we got them pizza a couple times, and then another another game we gave them Chick-fil-A gift cards, and then you know coming to the game got you a chance to um, you know be raffled off to shoot a half court shot for a hundred dollar gift card. We, we did two of those and just coming up with creative ways to incentivize coming to the games to make it more than just watching a basketball game, making an experience. And, you know, I credit to our administrative team for allowing me to, to run with it and supporting it because it's been a lot of fun. 
Before we get to talking more about your team and kind of what the postseason path looks like, let's talk about you for a second because I've been fortunate enough to cover Paul as a coach, as a student athlete. Uh, our relationship goes back to when he was the backup quarterback at Ron Colley and then the starting quarterback, and then I was the one doing the radio uh, some 20 years ago uh, to, to kind of age both of us. You know, maybe because it's, you played at Ron Colley, I knew you played basketball too. I think of somebody from Ron Colley, pardon me, I, I, I think of football first. You went to Youngstown State, you came home, you played both sports. At what point in time do you kind of decide, you know what? I think basketball is more of my future than, say, football is going to be. You know, um, kind of going back to high school, you know, yeah, I, I probably, when, when you look back at it now 20 years later, and I think my parents would have, you know, they, I know they were telling me this, you know, um, you know, we kind of put um, Joe Brittner, you know, Jason Warner, Pat Koontz, you know, myself, you know, Ron Colley basketball leading up to that point hadn't been much to speak right. of. And we kind of put Ron Colley basketball on the map and did some pretty cool things. And I was probably a better basketball player than I was a football player. But, you know, like, you know, you know football family and, 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 you know, Ron Colley football, you know, I, I had a few Division One offers, uh, small Division One for both basketball and football, um, chose to go to Youngstown State. Um, you know, grateful for that experience, but you know, I, I was even kind of being told back home, like, hey, you might want to consider basketball. You might want to consider basketball. Well, when I decided to transfer from Youngstown to come back to UND, I didn't miss basketball, and that was a big part of it. I knew UND was going to give me the opportunity to play both because they had offered me for both out of high school, and it was a chance to come back home. It was a chance to, you know, play basketball again and do both, and you know, um, that was a great experience. And I really enjoyed playing for Coach Stan Gerard. You know, he was a uh, always been a good, uh, very good mentor to me. And, you know, I, I just enjoyed playing for him so much when he asked me to join his staff as a GA. Um, it was a no-brainer, and I uh, enjoyed coaching, and it, it just never got out of it. By the way, Stan's on next segment. And you want me to pass it along to Coach Gerard when he's up in about 10 minutes? Yes, please do. You know, yeah, there, I always say that ne- you always have the people – um, in your in your life, you know you, you, the the males in your family, your dads, your grandfathers, your uncles that you know kind of mold who you are. But outside of family, there's been no one that's had a bigger bigger impact on me in my life than him. So I owe a lot to him. I will certainly pass that along. All right, now um, yesterday was the big ranking. The national stuff is great, but it's where you are in your region that comes out as number one. So, like, do you have, like, a, a, a GA or an assistant coach that is, like, the mathlete of the group that's trying to figure out all of these rankings points the next two weeks as to what you need to do to ensure that you get that number one ranking and get to host a regional at Nickerson Hall starting March 11th? Yeah, everybody in the program is a math whiz because this is really simple math. I'll tell you this much. Keep winning. Every day, every day we got to wake up and go one and zero. And if we do that, we'll be in good shape. So uh, that, that's all, all the math we need. All right, with that, and I pointed this out in the opening segment of the show. You have an opportunity to not play a postseason game anywhere other than the state of Indiana. Your thought, because again, three in Indianapolis. We hope. Three more in the Ford Center in Evansville, we hope, including a national championship game. Kind of your thoughts on the opportunity your team has in front of them. Tremendous opportunity. And, you know, um, I, I really want it for them because it's such a special group. And, you know, I really believe these guys can get it done. Uh, but um, if, if we think too big picture and we, you know, we look, look forward, it's not going to happen. We just like kind of I alluded to a moment ago about going one and we just got to wake up every day. Um, you know, dominate that day and get better each day. And I really think that if we do that and can stay focused 
Um, this group has a lot of potential, and it could be a special finish to the season. All right, tell me about Umsel. That's your game tonight. Uh, what do you expect from your opponents this evening? Uh, they're tough. You know, we had to fight and call just to get the win at home versus them. And uh, Coach Sunvold is a heck of a ball coach. And where they are, they're gritty, they're physical. Um, you know, they spark their offense with their defense. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna reach. They're gonna gamble. They're gonna bump you. Um, it's gonna be a football game, pretty much out there. And you know, we, it, it comes down to toughness. You know, um, are we gonna be tough on both sides of the ball? Are we gonna rebound the basketball on defense? Are we gonna value the ball and not get rattled by their pressure on offense? And that's really the name of the game. All right. So, uh, I, I, you know, you've done a great job of marketing. Uh, while we're sitting here talking, I've, I've had a couple of synapses fire. Uh, knowing if you get a home game again, it's gonna be in the Midwest Regional. I also. Know know that is spring break uh and so you may have to like reach out to alumni to kind of fill those student sections uh at, at nickerson hall so instead of casaro's crew what if you went with paul's partly bald posse for the older right. wannabe students for the regional at nickerson hall in two weeks hey greg you did break up could you say that for me one more time sure. i actually didn't catch that sure so get a pen and write this down paul's okay. Partly bald posse. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's awesome. But I th- I'm going to put your face on the on the t-shirt, which which means you will have hundreds of t-shirts that you could not give away uh, if, if you do that. <laughs> but buddy, I'm so happy for you. Uh, I am hopeful that I'm calling a couple of games at Nickerson Hall coming up here in the middle of March. I know you got a tough one tonight. Best of luck in St. Louis, and thanks for the time on game day, my friend. All right, thank you. Good talking. You got it. Paul Kassara, again, he is the head coach at the University of Indianapolis, and they are number four in the nation. They are number one in the region. And if they are number one in the region in a couple of weeks, if they can win these last two, if they can win their three games in the GLVC tournament, then they will get to host NCAA Division II tournament games in their building for the first time in 26 years. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Screaming Eagles will be playing host to Tennessee Tech tonight in their final game at the uh, new arena on campus, which is just gorgeous. They play at Tennessee State on Saturday And then it is the OVC tournament, which is just down the road, down the Lloyd Expressway, State Road to 62 in downtown Evansville coming up next weekend. Stan Gerard is kind enough to join us now. First of all, Paul Casaro preceded you on the show and had nothing but wonderful things to say about you. So if you want to gig him or joke about him, you know, be careful. He took the high road with you earlier. I paid him very well to say that, man. (laughs) But I I can't say uh, enough great things about uh, PC and the job he's doing at UND, man. I I keep up with those guys. Uh, I pull up their stats every game, man. Those guys are killing it over there, man. I'm really proud of him and um, the team for what they're doing, man. um, They're they're killing it at that level. I'm really proud of those guys. I know that Ben Nickerson – played for you and I know you at least recruited I think Jesse Bingham who all on that team would have played for you before you made the jump to Evansville uh, uh, Bingham was a red shirt yep um, uh, Kendrick Tashua is he still there he's still there he's one over a thousand points uh, yep I saw that yep and Ben Nickerson that should be it it's a pretty good group, though. Just those three guys. Really great group of guys, man. Um, they, um, you know, I'm looking at the roster if we speak. Yeah, Kendrick, Kishua, just those three guys. 
So um, he about got me out of his hair, man, with my guys leaving. But uh, <laughs> he's done a great job of filling the pieces. Uh, you know, you look at who he brought in. Uh, I'd say that one of the biggest recruits he probably brought in was probably, I would say, the kid, uh, the David Asia. I don't know how much he's playing. He is. So Bruno, Bruno Williams from, uh, from Lewis. Uh, that kid was hard for us to guard when I was at UND because he was he could play inside out. And, uh, he was a matchup nightmare. Well, let's talk about your team because 15 wins in a program's first Division One season does not happen. I, I know how high your bar is. I, I, I understand and get that. But you've got 10 home wins, 15 overall. Just your thoughts on what you and your group have accomplished in this first Division One season. You know, you know, 15 wins is, you know, I, I'm – I'm, I'm happy, but, you know, I'm never content with sure. what we're doing. So uh, I feel like we could easily be, uh, you know, 19 and 10 because of some games we, we kind of let go. Um, but, again, you know, this is our first year at this level. Um, we're trying to learn the landscape of the OVC. I know we watched a lot of it on film prior to playing, but it's a lot different once you, you, you get into real action play. And uh, the quality of players in this league and the quality of coaches in this league is is uh, unbelievable. Um, you look at, you know, the kid at Auburn right now who was at Murray State last year who was in our league, the, the Brom kid, you know, he had 19 points and 11 rebounds last night. Guys are leaving our league to go to higher levels. Um, but it's never a night off. You know, I told my guys in the locker room a few weeks ago, um, I think we were playing Moorhead State. We lost that game, I think, by four in our place. And um, I, I told my guys um, that this is not D2 anymore. You know, hmm. D2, you know, especially with the the lower teams in the league, you can take a few possessions off. But at this level, every possession matters. You, I mean, that's offense and defense. You cannot take a second off because of how good this league is. But, you know, we had some great wins. You know, we beat Southern Illinois, Carbondale, after they just came off a win against uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, we beat Indiana State. Yep. I, think, I think at the time was either undefeated or 9-1. Um, we played Missouri very well in the second half. Uh, lost that game, was it, uh, by six. Um, Notre Dame by 12. Um, so we, we're right there. Uh, but we still got to put some pieces in place uh, going forward, you know, to, to complete our team. You know, you cannot um, overlook the body of work that the two D, two guys that I had in Indian doing here, uh, Trevor Lake and Jacob Polakovic. Uh, Jacob Polakovic is what second in the country in rebounding? You know, Trevor Lakes is one of the still one of the premier shooters at at, at this level. It, um, picked up where he left off at at D two, and uh, so those two guys are gonna be hard to you know their shooters gonna be hard to feel. But at the same time, we have some good pieces in place uh, going forward. The community has always supported this program, dating back to the to the Doc Sin days, let alone to the Bruce Pearl days and the Rodney Watson days, and and now back to you in that. But making that jump from Division Two to Division One, how would you characterize the difference in the level of attention slash support you're getting from Evansville and the surrounding area? It's it's uh it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I know when I played here back in the '90s, uh, I thought we had great crowds then, but our crowds now are we 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 see 4,800, and uh, I think one game we were at 3,200, and we broke that record twice. You know, there's been two other games where we broke the capacity record. You know, our season tickets are sold out in the lower bowl, and people are coming out. You know, it's like must-see TV. We're having two Division One schools in our in our city, and um, I think we have a good product on the floor, and it shows by the fan support that we're getting here um, in the community, uh, not just in our arena, but in our community. 
um, you see USI in stores. You see people uh, with USI T-shirts on now in the community, and that's something I've never seen before until we made this jump. So, really, a, a really proud alum I'm speaking to right now, Greg, uh, because of what we're doing here uh, from a fan engagement standpoint, and our, our brand is being pumped, um, not just locally but uh, uh, nationally as well. All right, let's talk about the immediate future um, because I see it on your schedule. Are you allowed to play in the OBC tournament next week? Yeah, we play Tuesday night. We don't know who we're playing yet, but we we, we secured um, an OBC tournament berth uh, with our win at Arkansas Little Rock uh, last Thursday night. So um, we're excited, man, but we have two important games this week. But to, to make the OBC tournament in year one, um, that just tells you how good of a team that we really have here. And – it, we all, it's also our hard work is finally paying off. Uh, so we'll tip off on Tuesday night. Uh, we're not sure we're going to play against yet, but we're happy to see another day uh, come next week, and we, we cannot wait uh, for the moment to arrive. You and I both know that doesn't happen. In other words, like you don't get to normally in your first Division one year plan your league tournament, let alone – Sleep in your own bed. I'm sure you maybe get the guys' hotel rooms as part of it, but 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 play downtown. That's that's an amazing development there. It is, you know, and we're trending in the right direction. You know, we we won't sleep in our own beds. We'll be at a hotel here locally, and uh, I tell you what, our community is going to be be behind us uh, come next week. And um, proud of my young men uh, for a job well done. You know, should we have won more games? Absolutely, but at the same time, uh, this is year one. And now we have a measuring stick um, uh, of the league, but how good we can really be uh, once we get some other pieces in place. And to be able to play in your first year in the OBC tournament right here in your own backyard, man, uh, you can't. What more can you ask for? And I, no NCAA and no NIT, but you could play in one of the other smaller events this year, correct? Yes, um, we uh, we've already got the invitation. I think to the CBI. Uh, the email came in a couple of days ago, so we have to accept it um and, and and move forward so but that's a conversation you know we're gonna uh have with our administration at the conclusion of our season and we'll go from there but we we, we will have a chance uh, if we continue to play um can, i'm sorry if we win a couple more games sure right so, gotta be about 500 you know, yep correct so if we win a couple more games we'll, we'll have a chance to play in the season but the invitation came you know we've got to finish and do our part well, let, uh, with these last couple few games. Let your friend who was part of a team that turned down a CBI ticket because they thought they were going to the NIT and didn't get one <laughs> say yes, uh, by the way, uh, you, you know, just yeah. just for, for grins and giggles there. And you mentioned, you kind of, you, did, you touched on Trevor Lakes and Jacob Polakovich, and Trevor is from Lebanon. Jacob's a, a kid from, from Michigan. Both played for U, UND. Uh, Jacob then made the move with you to the Division two level to USI. Trevor played at Nebraska and, and then came back to USI. Those kids, again, New Year program, New Year system, they've been great. But you still now have this three-year window where you're like, okay, I want you to come build this, but you don't get that NCAA tournament run. How, how does that affect you from a recruiting standpoint, trying to replace like guys like that going forward? Well, that's our biggest struggle right now, Greg, is, is finding young men to come in. Um, and one thing I do, and I, you know me, you've been around me a long time. I'm very transparent yep. about everything. I don't hide anything from any of our kids. And uh, when I recruit a young man, we made some calls a couple of days ago to a couple of guys, and I told a young man before we go any further, here's what's going on with our postseason birth, you know. And if you don't want to talk to us anymore, I understand. Um, but we would love to have you in our program. And he proceeded to have a conversation with me, so he's had, he has interest. 
But at the same time, there's some programs that are we're recruiting against that use that against us, and, and I get that because it's not it's true, it's public knowledge, and I understand that. Um, so that has hindered our recruiting a little bit. You know, we 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 didn't get the guys we wanted. You know, this year but we got the guys that we can get, and uh, we're going to keep trending in that direction until we um, until this postseason ban uh, is lifted, and then we can play. In, like I said, in four years, in three more years after this year, rather. But that is huge. You know, we, we had a team. I won't say the name, uh, but there was a team in our league um, uh, this past season that we were recruiting the same kid, and they told the kid that they cannot play in the postseason. Uh, meaning USI cannot play in the postseason. Right. Well, the kid ended up going to the other school, but I asked him. I said, well, I know we cannot play in the postseason, but when's the last time in your school that you're going to play in the postseason? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And they haven't been in, let's say, 25 years. Okay. And, um, yeah, so – but people are using that against us. And it's, it's fair game, you know, because it's the truth, you know. And um, we just got to find ways around trying to, you know, get these young men to – uh, believe in our product and our culture and come here and um, play for something bigger than basketball, and that's your academic degree. Um, but, you know, we're going to keep chipping away at it until we can, you know, get the band lifted. And I think once that band is lifted, the sky's the limit because we have great facilities here. All right, I know you had a very scary situation uh, with Tyler Henry at the end of the game on Saturday. What can you tell us about how he's doing at this point? Uh, he's home. Um, he, he got released. Uh, we, we, we got him. We transported him back to Evansville on uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, I think I walked in my front door of my house at uh, 6.48 a.m. <laughs> after we got him transported. A very scary situation. Um, you know, he went down in the game and passed out and um, – a lot of credit goes to the EMT people over at um, you know, over in Cape Girardeau who came to his rescue and and probably saved his life. Mm. Um, but um, got him back home. He was released from the hospital late Monday night, and he's still being uh, uh, he's still being observed to to make sure he's okay. He will not play. Um, I know this week for sure. Um, and and you know me, Greg. I, I care about this kid. Yep. All my kids, but I don't want to play him at all. But. If he gets cleared, I'm sure, like any other 22, 23 year old, he's going to fight me on it. So, but we, everything is, is is on the doctors right now. I think the biggest thing for me right now is to make sure that um, his health and well-being is in place. And I know, obviously, I'm sorry, so jump in. I, I know, obviously, we're we're all kind of with, with Demar Hamlin from December. We're all that's first and foremost. And I know the folks at USI over decade lost a young man in the game, and so that that really hits home um, at, yeah, at, at at USI as well. And obviously, you handle that like the dad you are, uh, frankly, yeah. uh, in making sure yeah. that the kid's health was was the most important thing. All right, Dan. On a lighter yeah. note, you know, you and Paul would say nothing but nice things about each other. We can both agree we can give Chad Gilbert as much grief as possible for that man bun he's rocking right <laughs> that's embarrassing man he came back uh our team was uh in uh, 9394 team was inducted into the uh usa hall of fame man i'm old i'm greg i'm old i'm a six-time hall of famer man <laughs> I, 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 i'm old man i'm just i'm sitting here thinking about this i'm an old person man god like, but thank god for 52 years but chad came back to that induction and uh he and his wife amy stayed in my house and he was, I, I go down to the basement, to the restroom, and, and he's down there with the ponytail out. And I said, dude, that, that, you have more hair than your wife. That's embarrassing, man. You have to <laughs> like that. But it, it, I, I guess if, if he likes it, I love it, man, because he rocks it very well. Looks like a wrestler, man, because he's so tall. 
But uh, that man bun's got to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to cut that one day. Nah, you know what? Uh, as somebody that is follically challenged, anybody that can grow that le- level of hair at that age, God bless them. Have him have have him go for. It. I'll I'm see him uh, and I'll hear about this conversation when I see him on Saturday at the IHSAA Girls State Finals, buddy. I am so happy for you, man. Best of luck in the OBC tournament next week, and I'm hoping I'm seeing you in the CBI coming up real soon. I appreciate you, man. Hey, go, go Eagles, man, and uh, good luck to you, India. They're, they're hosting the uh, looks like they're gonna be host the first. The, they'll host the first round, they're number one seed. So good luck to those guys. I'm gonna be calling Paul when we hang up to. Uh, to, to give him a hard time because he broke my 17-game win streak record. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting ready for Umsel right now, so give him a call on game day, all right? Uh, I sure will. I'm, I'm getting ready for Tennessee Tech, so I'll give him a shout. You got it, buddy. Stan Gerard again, kind enough to join us 